Welcome to the Legends of Oral Regeneration by the Osteology Foundation. One host, one guest, and a whole bunch of experience and expertise. Meet the people behind the names and get unique insights. On behalf of the Osteology Foundation, I would like to welcome you to this Legends of Oral Regeneration podcast. My name is Pam McLean, and as a member of the Osteology Foundation Board, it is my distinct honor and privilege to introduce a true legend in regeneration, Dr. Gerald Bowers. Dr. Bowers is a periodontist and has a long and distinguished background with initial research on detached gingiva and working with skulls while earning a master's in anatomy and periodontics at The Ohio State University. He spent over 20 years serving in the Navy and chaired the Department of Periodontics at Bethesda Naval Hospital. He served as the director and as the executive director for the American Board of Periodontology for over 30 years and was chair of the postgraduate periodontal department at the University of Maryland. During that time, he completed pivotal trials on bone grafts with landmark histologic studies, which really changed the face of periodontal regeneration and actually oral regeneration in general. Dr. Bowers, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you, Pam. That was a very uh, long and lengthy uh, introduction, but (laughs) I'll have to question about this business of being a legend later on, but we'll, (laughs) Well, anyway, that's good to be here. And we are so happy to have you, so happy to have you. I I know you have so many stories to share, but perhaps the best place to start is the beginning. And and maybe you could just tell us how you became interested in dentistry and then in, in periodontics. Well, I worked uh, as a young uh, man in, in hospitals for many of my uh, first years in life and, and actually became interested in uh, the medical aspect of, of uh, profession and also became interested in the oral uh, region particular. And so I, I had a natural interest in, in science. So when I went into undergraduate school at the University of Michigan, uh, also I was uh, sort of a, uh, a sailor by heart, always loved to be around water and sailboats and so forth and so on. So it was natural for me to, when I became at the point where we were during World War uh, two and I uh, had to join up. I became an NSNHP program uh, there during my dental school program. So uh, I, I was um, uh, had my sort of careers cut out ahead of me, something in, in the medical dental field and something in the Navy. And so in 1954, when I graduated from uh, the University of Michigan, I decided that um, they or they decided during the Korean War they were going to send me to the Marine Corps Recruit Depot uh, in San Diego and First Camp Pendleton Fleet Marine Force. And it was there that uh, when I was at the Marine Corps Recruit Depot, back in those days, uh, there really weren't any periodontists, so to speak. And the commanding officer said, um, uh, anybody uh, in this group uh, like to become a periodontist or be the periodontist here at the base. And I, I did something you never do, you know, in the military, you're volunteer. So uh, I did and I actually became the, the base periodontist there for two over two years. And then 
I think after that, they sent me to uh, Hawaii at the Naval Station there. And that's where I really uh, became interested because I was there with a, a, a board certified periodontist, Alan Lee Wallace, who really, he'd gone to Michigan and we had a lot in common, but he was a marvelous man and, and really encouraged me into going into periodontics. And, and that's what I did. I applied um, Got my career start, I think, in the Navy, and and from that point on, I was fortunate to uh, uh, to get uh, training and went back to the postgraduate school and at Bethesda Naval Hospital, and received a uh, um, a position where they appointed me or let me go to a, uh, a school of my choice in periodontics, and that's how I chose Ohio State University. So. That's uh, that's how I got started, and uh, it was actually just going with mentors. Actually, that really uh, ha happened to hit the right people at the right time. Well, it's you know the fact that you mentioned mentors. I think um, mentors. You've been a mentor to so many individuals, yes. myself included, and um, it's it's there's even a study club named after you. But you you talk about mentors and and what do you feel is the importance of of having mentors and and aside you you mentioned Dr. Wallace and you've you've obviously had people that have helped you along in your career and were mentors to you could you share some of that with us Oh yes I, I I'm really I think mentors are are absolutely critical good mentors in in your early years and whether you're uh, going into periodontics oral surgery or whatever it may be but I think uh, mentors are are the major factor in, in whether you're going to enjoy what you're going to do and when, whether you do it well, obviously. And I started out actually at the uh, University of Michigan, and uh, I became enthusiastic about periodontics and well-trained in periodontics by Don Kerr and Sig Ramfield. And, and uh, we, we did probably uh, more periodontics there and back in the 50s than most schools did because of these two people. So they whet my appetite in, in periodontics and why I volunteered when I was at the base because I felt like, you know, I was pretty qualified to, to do some periodontics at least. So in that point on, uh, you know, I've had really uh, excellent mentors in my training program that John Wilson was there at Ohio State University. And certainly um, individuals that after I became a periodontist uh, were like your dad, for example, Bob Shawhorn and, and, uh, and so many others. I mean, I could, I could name a long, long, long list of mentors, Bobby Gottsagan, D. Walter Cohen, all of these individuals uh, have really furthered my training because I learned from them. And I like to think that maybe they've learned a little bit from me later on as I became more experienced in periodontics. But I think mentors are, are absolutely critical uh, to uh, the success of your uh, enjoyment of periodontics. And um, the reason you, you do accomplish what you do accomplish is because they have trained you well. Uh, they've given you the encouragement you need and the skills that you need to to practice periodontics. You've, you know, when you started in periodontics, there was really no regenerative therapy per se. I mean, no. there there were some 
um, very old studies, but, but it wasn't common practice. I mean, I, I remember my dad telling me in, in, when he was in dental school, the instructors would talk about when they're going to get their dentures because they didn't treat periodontal disease, right. but obviously things have changed quite a bit. And how did you get interested? What led you to investigating um, regenerative therapy? Well, there again, it's sort of being at the right place at the right time. I wanted to, if I went into medicine, I wanted to be a plastic surgeon. And I was always interested in the oral area. And when I went back to postgraduate school at Bethesda Naval Hospital there in Bethesda, uh, Maryland, um, I became interested in regeneration because we had the, uh, the only tissue bank in the world at that time at the Navy Medical Research Institute. And I was actually uh, became more of a... <laughs> an instructor sort of speaking there in 59 than, I, than a student because I was I had already been well-trained by Lee Wallace in Hawaii before going to this school in 59. And I was doing very complicated procedures at that time, including uh, some um, modified Woodman flaps, which, which uh, he was, uh, Lee was trained at Michigan, uh, but we were also doing uh, autogenous bone grafting with Lee. And then when I got there, I had the Navy tissue bank allograft materials, which I became very enthralled in. And I did my first graft with a mineralized freeze-dried bone allograft in 1959. And it so happened that it was a, um, a Navy commander supply corps, uh, and it was on a uh, anterior tooth. And I, I followed that for 30 years or more because he became my very, one of my very closest friends when hunting and fishing friend. And uh, we've taken trips together. And unfortunately, when he died, uh, he still had that demineralized uh, anterior central there. So I got to follow it for, for over 30 some years. And, but, but anyway, that, that sort of wet my appetite. Plus the fact that we had, um, a lot of maxillofacial uh, injuries during the Korean War there at Bethesda. And uh, I did my, along helped the surgeon do in a uh, allograft uh, replacement of the mandible, section of the mandible with uh, iliac crest material plus uh, a freeze-dried uh, mandible. And that was unbelievably corrected this mandibular defect that this young Marine had. And uh, so I became very, very enthusiastic about the saving teeth by um, regenerative, regenerative therapy, then much more so than resective therapy. And I felt we need to add instead of subtract type of tissues. And that's what sort of got me interested in later on in the, in the research. So, so, so 1959, you placed your first graft and then you were working with these wounded soldiers basically and yes. helping them reconstruct. Then, then as time progressed, um, was it just a natural progression? Did, because it seems like there was a while from then until when, you know, some of these really pivotal trials were going on in the, in the eighties, basically. Right. Yes, well, that's right. In other words, I, but you know, other people, Bill Hyatt and, and uh, 
and Tim O'Leary and, and uh, Errol Robinson and others have, you know, were doing things along the way, but I sort of isolated and in particular your dad, you know, with uh, Bill and Bill Hyatt in, in the hip marrow material. So even though it wasn't as popular, you know, those of us who are now sort of beginning in, to do the regenerative therapy, I was doing it in my graduate program. I did a lot of freeze-dried bone allografts uh, when I was there at Ohio State. And, and uh, so I, it carried on through. Of course, by, in my career, I was, you know, also in the Navy. So I had ships, you know, that, that I was doing all of this thing. And I had access to the Navy material. So I was doing it, but, you know, not publishing anything at the time. And much like your dad was doing this, uh, you know, along the time with the Iliac Crest material. So that when I really started the regenerative position, when, it, when I became uh, the um, regenerative therapy was when, uh, when I became chairman at Bethesda Naval Hospital, and I had immediate access to any of the grafting materials that we had, including the Iliac Crest materials, because I was able to uh, get the uh, orthopedic surgeons and the hematologists actually were doing the more bone graft or more of the hip marrow materials than, than the orthopedic surgeons would do. They I go, you've got more material from them. And of course we were doing it ourselves with the, with the Westerman Jensen <laughs> uh, career of, uh, instrument. So anyway, um, that's what started me and, and my research was started there uh, with the freeze-dried bone, we did a field test, as you remember. Your dad was part of that hundred and some people, uh, both civilian, Navy, and where we did field tested for the uh, freeze-dried bone allograft. And it was uh, very interesting. And the numbers of people that uh, were the numbers of furcations we were able to treat. Uh, and uh, it was a very good study. And of course, there again, your graduate students, uh, play an all important role because uh, you had Jim Melanig and Ray Yuckna and all the others that were there at Bethesda with me and wonderful graduate students who participated in the studies and um, actually in many cases uh, were primary investigators in that study and reported them. So that's how we got a lot of the information out on allographs early. So. Well, um, obviously, over the years, you've had, you know, ups and lots of ups, and I'm guessing some, some downs, we all do. I, anything you'd like to share about, you know, some of the challenges that you faced along the way? <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've had, uh, you know, a, a wonderful career, and I think more ups than downs, and I, I'd, had, I'd have to say the ups were started right out where I was fortunate enough to be selected for graduate training. Uh, in the Navy. I mean, that's, that was a very, very few people back in the 59 area and 60 that were selected for graduate food specialties were not uh, in periodontics, certainly were not that many. So that was a, that was a big up. And then um, I had great mentors and good training. And uh, um, again, the ups again were the fact that I really enjoyed the Navy and and, and made it a career for 26 years. And then once again, back to Bethesda for a chairmanship, that had to be a big up. And when I finished my chairmanship there, I went immediately over as 
as a postgraduate director and chair, co-chairman as, at University of Maryland. I mean, I had everything uh, going for me as far as the ability and locations and uh, support, you know, to do the research. But also, in the meantime, my, my major uh, interest along with that was teaching and I loved to practice. And uh, I was practicing all this time and I tried to practice what I preached, so to speak. And that was uh, that was a factor that I've always been very proud of is that I would never never teach anything that I wouldn't do myself. So um, that's basically the ups and downs. I, I, <laughs> I really can't say uh, that I've had any real downs as far as professionally or otherwise. It's I've just had a very blessed, blessed uh, uh, career. So well, that's that's a um, that's your your mentality too. Is you're always looking at the positive, and I think that's a, a good lesson for all of us to look at. Is even when we have challenges, those can turn around and teach us a lot. Yeah. But you've had a unique balance between research and and um, teaching and and private practice. That's that doesn't happen a lot, and I I think. You know, how did you balance these? How did you balance this? And and of course, you were in the Navy, and and then you were at, at University of Maryland. So it's it's you it's hard to be able to practice and teach and do that research. It's it's a challenge. How did you balance those? Well, it, it you're right. I mean, I was a lot younger then, and uh, <laughs> I could I could put in longer hours and and actually achieve a lot more. Uh, certainly, uh, I had that ability. I, I had the plenty of patience and wonderful patience, and and I had uh, the ability. Uh, you know, I, I thought I was a very good teacher and, and enjoyed teaching at least. And certainly, then when I got into my private practice, uh, I had wonderful uh, hygienists, and certainly, uh, uh, as you know, and I've told you many times, uh, uh, my one hygienist, Jane. Emerson Bowers, uh, she was so good, I had to marry her. So I mean, I didn't want to let her go. And so I had, you know, a, a wonderful staff. Uh, that's how you, that's how you're able to practice. So you get yourself the best staff that you can. Uh, and, you know, um, she doubled, Jane doubled as my research um, uh, coordinator, uh, as well as my hygienist, one of the hygienists, I had, had uh, two hygienists and then three at one time. So you have to have a good staff, you have to have the good support, you have to have good graduate students, because the graduate students, as I say, were very, very much a, a part of all of my research projects. As that, I, you know, I could give them some of my uh, monies that I got from NIH and so forth and shared that with them during, uh, which helped them out, but also helped me out as far as my ability to do so many things in the research area. So you have to have people behind you and support you in order to really carry all of those three out. But it was about a third, a third, a third, really. That's, so, that's, that's unique. And that's what made you such a good teacher too, is, is your experience. You, yes. Well, that's true. I, that's, it became easy after you, when you do something yourself, it's easy to teach. So and um, that's that's what I enjoyed about it. If you were to look back over your your career and and both from a professional and personal standpoint, what 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 are the highlights? What are the things that really stand out to you? 
Well, as I look back, you know, I, I, I can't, I'm just amazed now. I'm still uh, board of directors on one of the tissue banks, which I won't mention names, but it, basically speaking, uh, I'm still on the board of directors for this tissue bank. And, and over the years, I've had the opportunity to see in, in all areas of regeneration, uh, this field grow. And I mean, grow to the point now where we are able to uh, regenerate organs, uh, even now neural tissues, collagen, you know, which we can regenerate. And in the future, I mean, literally regenerate every single part of the body as far as I'm concerned. And, and uh, regeneration has become a major, major field in medicine. And I would say that uh, dentistry, I feel very proud of the fact that not just from me, but from people like your dad and many, many other individuals uh, who have who have continued like yourself to practice regeneration and many of my students and others around the, the world have contributed in dentistry to this tremendous um, uh, advancement in overall regenerative medicine and regenerative dentistry, more so in medicine than in dentistry, unfortunately. Uh, medicines regenerative now have sort of picked up where dentistry sort of faltered a little bit along the way, I think. And, uh, and we've not really, a lot of the individuals have not really, in, in, in periodontics at least, and in, in, in even other fields, have not uh, accepted, or I shouldn't say accepted, they've not really kept up with the materials and the advancements that have taken place in regeneration like medicine has. Medicine is unbelievable what they're doing out there now, uh, stem cells and, and where we started the research with demineralized, you know, with actually DMPs um, and uh, still using the materials out there and BMPs and, and cells, stem cells. They have picked that up and gone well, way beyond anything that I had ever imagined we could do. So that's uh, that's basically um, my feeling about <laughs> our ability where, now. Where do you see the future of, of regeneration in, in the oral cavity, both periodontally and even from uh, your initial work with yeah. rebuilding jaws? So what, where do you see us going? I, I honestly, way back, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I felt, you know, with what I could see taking place in just little, we're talking millimeters back in those days, you know, now uh, we're talking inches, you know, of what you can do as far as building bones concerned. There's still a lot of things that we need to know about uh, well, whether this lining that we were getting in, in the bone, uh, you know, with the, in our research, whether the lining was uh, actually osteocementum uh, that we were getting, we, we need to know that material. We need to know what type of cementum, uh, where the cells come from. And so there's a lot of things we need to know, but there's, in my feeling right now, we can build bone and maxillas, we can bone, you know, add, add bone to um, the height of mandibles. Uh, and certainly we can do it around teeth. I mean, we know that your dad and I and many, many others have seen this and you have seen it yourself on re-entries 
procedures and, and uh, radiographic procedures now, which are unbelievable what we can do with, with the radiology aspect of determining bone regeneration around natural teeth. So in short, I don't see any uh, deterrent at all as far as complete regeneration of the natural dentition is a, a, a periodontium around natural teeth. I think, you know, people used to sort of laugh at that. And, and when I went into it and your dad was there and, and I know you came in, you heard people actually lecture saying you can never build back, ever build back the periodontium. Well, we know that's not true. And uh, certainly now the question is, can we do it effectively and to the point consistently and predictably. And I, I think, yes, we can if we know the techniques because we have the various materials to out there to, to aid us in doing this now, which, and more and more coming along all every day. So I think, yes, I, I am very optimistic about total and complete regeneration of, of tissues or certainly regeneration of new teeth even, you know, from the standpoint of implanting uh, tooth buds. So um, that's my feeling. <laughs> the future, you you paint a very bright future for, for uh, any students or uh, practicing periodontist or oral surgeon that is looking for these kinds of things. And, and we certainly have the patients who want that. Uh, yes. Especially in light of some of the problems, implants are wonderful, but in light of the, the problems of managing um, problems around implants aren't quite as easy as teeth. Do you have any um, kind of fun stories behind the scenes that, that we wouldn't read in your, in your over 200 publications or um, something that you would like to share with the audience? <laughs> well, there's many I can't share, you know, but, <laughs> but uh, really I, I don't, really know uh, stories related to what regeration or your your uh, career perhaps oh interesting well, people you met along the way or um you know some of those things i guess it it's always fun to hear about uh a giant in the field of of, <laughs> of ours that actually experienced some of the same things we experienced so okay i'll i'll tell you one um i became very good friends with my instructor, Sig Ranfjord, over the years. And Sig Ranfjord was, um, uh, as I think people who knew him, is a, he was, you, he's a true legend. And Sig Ranfjord was um, always very, very leery about regenerative procedures. And uh, I've heard him lecture and then lectured in Ann Arbor and, and uh, as well at the university. And remember one time that we were at, uh, I was lecturing and presenting my research uh, that had done uh, our research, I should say, on, on uh, regeneration on, on, uh, on adults, uh, individuals, on humans. And um, it, after he came up, this was many years now later after he, uh, he was my you know, mentor there at Michigan, but many years and I'd heard him many times and he'd heard me many times and he came up to me. He said, Jerry, 
he says, this was a very good presentation. He says, someday I'm going to believe you. <laughs> that was classic. That was that Sig. That, that was Sig And I, I love the man. He was really a tremendous individual. But yeah. I thought, well, that's probably the greatest compliment I'll ever get out of Sig Granfield. That's that's pretty that's that's a very great quote. But yeah. you know, this is this has been wonderful. I, I guess before we we um finalize our conversation. What advice do you have for this next generation, especially regarding regeneration? Well, I, I think my, my my big factor that that or a big point that I'd like to make is when I went into periodontics, um, our uh, sort of Hippocratic oath or periodontocratic oath or whatever you want to call it was uh, maintenance of the natural dentition in health and comfortable function. That's what I went into. That's when I went into periodontics, that was at our world workshops. We defined that as our major objective in, in uh, periodontics. And my encouragement to those um, who are coming out is the fact that we now have that ability of maintaining the natural dentition has been never greater, never greater than it is today. And so I would like to see more concentration on actually keeping the natural dentition. I think most people have given the option of keeping their teeth or having them attracted or replacement or implants or what have you. I think in all essence, if it's you know, financially feasible to them, and, and certainly we can do it, then I would think they would take that option of maintaining their teeth. Uh, certainly, I, I would encourage uh, the young younger periodontists to return to that type of philosophy uh, of, of this maintenance of the natural dentition. Uh, that is something that we as periodontists do and do better than anybody else. Uh, so I, I think I'm not, you know, anti-implants. In fact, I feel there is a definite place in implants. It's just that I feel that now they're being, in many cases, abused uh, by the fact that a lot of the teeth that could easily be maintained, uh, the early furcations, I mean, there's no reason that even if you just maintain them well for years, We've, you and I and your dad and others, periodontists have, have seen this uh, and reported this for, you know, over a lifetime of your career, you can maintain a tooth by good maintenance. So I think uh, that would be my encouragement is for us to return to what I, I feel was our specialty, and that's uh, the natural dentition, treating the disease factors. Uh, we are definitely the one of the few and only dental professions or dental uh, specialties that uh, treat health and disease uh, specifically. We are we are the ones that really should be the masters of of controlling diseases, uh, whatever by whatever means in, in our patients and preserving the the natural dentition. So that's my encouragement. So. Well, I, I, I love the encouraging words and all the wonderful insight you've given to us, especially about regeneration. 
I, when I look up to people that have impacted my life, especially in my career, you are at the top of the list along with my dad. So you, you've done so much. I would, you know, on behalf of the osteology foundation, I would like to express my extreme gratitude to our legend, Dr. Jerry Bowers for your passion for regeneration and your hard, all the hard work that you've done over the years to make it a reality and the hard work you're still doing by being involved on these um, other organizations and for spending this time with us and, and sharing your thoughts. I, I just want to thank all the ones listening as well. And, and Dr. Bowers, um, you are a true legend in oh. regeneration. <laughs> Bam, thank you so much. It was a real honor to be uh, on this program. And I, I'm I uh, look forward to hearing other podcasts from the, uh, the osteology group. So thank you. Well, thank you to everyone. And I wish you well. 